Monday night edition of the Crash the Pond podcast. Welcome back, everyone. The season is it officially underway? Does it does does rookie camp count? Does does the rookie faceoff count? Um, I think it's the start of the process. Let's go with that. It, it, it's the start of the process for for us right now. For for the Ducks, for us as fans, we're getting into the swing of things. It hasn't officially started yet, but it, it, it's drawing near. It's it's the start of something. It, sure. It's, something is, is, is beginning. It's the beginning sure. of something. Anyway. Sure. Also, I have a gut feeling just to, to peel the curtain back. Oh, oh, go ahead, Felix. There's no audio for me. Sorry. What? There's no audio. I need to fix my thing. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. There, well, there's no audio on the video. Uh, people listening to this, you're you're golden. But Felix, go ahead. Okay. I guess uh, I guess this is just firmly firmly off the rails uh, as soon as we get going here, which Par for and, the course. And now I'm good. Now I'm good. All I was going to say is, uh, basically, uh, this podcast was probably going to go off the rails today, which, as you can definitely tell, it already has. Uh, I was pulling the curtain back slightly that Felix and I basically had discussed that Felix is going in and out after this. So that tells you where wow. his brain's at. Outing me. <laughs> out- outing my food choices. Thank you. Hey, yeah. I'm proud. I'm proud of my decision. I mean, you I'm should be. Of, I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> shaming you. This is not shame in any way. It was just peeling the curtain back of where we're at. And also, this ties in well with our ad read today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. It certainly does. We'll we'll get there. Um, but we should discuss. So here's the itinerary for today's show. First, we're going to discuss the rookie face-off that happened this weekend. Somewhat eventful of a rookie faceoff, a bit of a of a dodged bullet for the Ducks, which we'll get into. We'll go into individual performance. We're not going to give you guys recaps of each game and like the box score and stuff like that because I feel like what's more interesting for people is how did specific guys look, how were how are guys trending. I feel, I at least feel like that's what I would want to hear. Um, and then after that, uh, we will get into just some news and notes about training camp, the actual Ducks the real team training camp that's coming up uh, starting on Thursday. The Ducks actually have their fitness testing tomorrow. So it's, it's by the time you're listening on Tuesday. Uh, so it's it's going to get underway. The Ducks have a preseason game this Sunday. Yeah. This Sunday, the, the Ducks will be playing in a, NHL, in a real NHL game, even though it's preseason. Like, it's still... It's still, it's not a rookie camp anymore. It's not development yeah. camp anymore. So I feel like that's... Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's Next- kind of terrifying, and, and it's also exciting. It's a mix of everything. Yeah, no, I mean, just so everyone knows, next Sunday is uh, they're playing the Sharks. It will be a split squad from the Sharks being sent. I'm assuming that means they're playing uh, at home also on Sunday. Um, so we'll probably get all of the, the nobodies uh, from the, uh, the Sharks. Uh, and then the Ducks also play on the 29th and 30th, uh, so against the the Coyotes and against the Sharks. So things are, are getting into full swing. Uh, it's uh, three games at, uh, at the end of our – for the last couple of days of September. And then uh, – so, yeah, it's three games next week. So yeah. this is uh, – it's here. It's back. And, I mean, full uh, full attendance in arenas. This is – I mean, this will be the first time in two years – that that this will have happened basically like kind of crazy when you think about it but makes it really exciting and i i want to say this briefly before we jump into the the games it's nice to see that the ducks are approaching the season a bit differently than they have in the past from a fan relations standpoint oh yeah in in the sense of what was it two seasons ago um the covid shortened season at the beginning of that it was outcry because 
they didn't open up training camp to fans, right? I remember yep. that was a big deal was that yep. it was the first training camp at, at uh, Great Park and they didn't open up to fans. It was all behind closed doors. Yeah, it was uh, Dallas Aiken's first uh, first season uh, as head coach and they put it behind closed door and it was very odd to us. And they announced this afternoon that all of training camp uh, is going to be open for fans. All of training camp where they're on ice is open to fans, including the uh, the scrimmage on Saturday. So overall, that is great news from the organization that they are at least understanding that after what fans have gone through, now is the time that you really need to be reaching out and, and engaging your fan and doing th- fans and doing things more so than you have in the past. Yeah, and also, I mean, the Ducks have been heavily criticized over the last year. And actually going back to that, I actually feel like that may have been kind of the start of a lot of this is that true, true. they haven't been very transparent. They haven't been very good at communicating to their fans. And and they really seem to be on a mission this season to to put that to rest and to reverse that. And if you look at, for example, they, they've been doing a behind the scenes of the development camp or they, they did a sorry behind the scenes of the draft. Sorry. Um, over the summer. I thought that was really interesting, mm-hmm. right? Seeing the kind of what went into that decision for Mason McTavish. Um, so it's cool stuff. It, it's cool to see the Ducks taking this this stance, taking this approach. And I think that it's, like, especially in a season where we don't really expect them to compete for a playoff spot, I think at least if the team can give the fans as much behind the curtains as they can, as much yep. kind of inclusion as possible, and just to have the expectations set correctly from day one it's going to make it more enjoyable because you're not you're not hanging on to every game you're building a connection yeah each game isn't like this referendum on where the team is going because you already you already understand and accept what they're doing and now you're you're looking at it more from okay how is x player doing how is Mm -hmm. this trend going so it's it's good stuff it's weird but it makes it makes me a little more excited to kind of watch these games this season because i feel like the team I mean, I know the team is now recognizing where it's at. So I feel like we're repeating ourselves from last podcast. Yeah, but, a little it, bit, but it's, it's a little, it's, it's a little it's bit worth... of a different path. It's a different path. Last podcast, it was us kind of repeating information that we had kind of been told uh, from within an organization about kind of overall plan. Whereas this is essentially seeing some of those things in action in terms of fan outreach and engagement in a yep. way that essentially backing up what was said, which is kind of what you and I both agreed upon as being the next big step. Sure, telling uh, us these plans was great, but um, you actually need to enact them. And so while this is an on-ice thing, this is an off-ice thing that is important. And engaging your fans, making that connection, because at the end of the day, if you don't have that connection, then there's nothing really there. Mm-hmm. And, and so this does that. This brings the fans in. This makes them feel... Um, like even if, like you said, if the product on the ice or the results aren't necessarily there, at least they, at least they have a connection to this team in right. a way that wasn't there last year. Definitely wasn't there last year. Maybe wasn't there two years ago with how they had been treated. Right. Absolutely. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a different vibe this season. I, I already I, feel like I we, 100% agree with that. And I think that that is what I'm most looking forward to in a way. We're saying this now, but Oh, one, week two of the season. When Derek Grant takes an offensive zone draw out of a TV timeout. I, when, I, when Derek when Derek Grant's on the ice at the end of the game with the goalie pulled. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll uh, then we we have to recall this moment. We have to we have to reconnect with this moment to to bring back some positivity. See, Bonnie, we can be positive. Well, I think the reason that we're a little more glowing uh, of the team going into the season is just that there hasn't been anything coming out of there. There hasn't been any talk of playoffs. There hasn't been anything that's 
just so out of sync with reality. It, it's refreshing to see that the team accepts and is leaning into where they are at right now. So it, there's already not like a fundamental disagreement with yeah. how they're approaching it. Yeah, and I think it, it helps that it seems like they're taking the steps that you and I kind of think they should be taking. Right, right, and, absolutely. And, and I think that that's the important part here is that kind of it's in line with our thinking. So there's not really anything to criticize. It's more so we want to commend them for, for doing this. Yep. So let's uh, let's get into this rookie face-off. So just to give everybody, a, I guess, a quick rundown, just to give you the scores. <laughs> so the Ducks just completely annihilated the, the Sharks on Friday evening, 8-4. to four. That game was just, I mean, pretty much from the, the drop of the puck, the, the Ducks really took over offensively, turning play around, getting out on the rush. Trevor Zegras had a re- I mean, <laughs> Trevor Zegras's first puck touch of the game was him collecting it in his own zone, coming down with speed, and then a backhand feed across to Sean Chagall, uh, who gets who gets who basically shoots into an empty net. That was how the game started, yep. and that's how it would just progress. So eight to four on that night, and then the Ducks lost five to four on Sunday, uh, a game that that we did a watch along for. It was we a did. lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, and then today the Ducks uh, beat the Arizona Coyotes in pretty exciting fashion. A dramatic 5-4 win. They scored with 1.7 seconds left. Uh, and so Olin Zellweger stood out in that game. It was just, it was an enjoyable game. It was at noon, though, on a Monday. So I don't know how many people actually were able to tune in. But the best part about that game was that we got the arena feed as opposed to the, yes. the camera the camera inside the uh at the yeah. Arizona practice facility. Yeah. And I mean, the bummer was it was the, the game at noon. So I was not able to really to watch a whole lot of it and would have much preferred it to be either the Friday or Sunday game. But I mean, you got to take what you can get. And I mean, yeah, exciting games. Um, even though they, they didn't get win, did, <laughs> yeah, they didn't win all of it. And there were some scary moments. It was good to finally get a feel for some of the prospects that we've read scouting reports on. We've been high on different things like that. And I mean, I guess let's just very first kind of start off with, I mean, Trevor Zegers is way too good for this level. Yeah, and, so I, I I have a list of guys here, and he's go for he's, it. The, he's the first on the list. So Perfect. We're, we're simpatico right now. Yeah, the, the big thing with Zegers is that, I mean, he he just looked like he was too good on Friday. And it was almost like, hey, why is he, why is he even here, right? Uh, and he, was, he looked physical out there. He was making plays. But nothing that was... You know, it wasn't like breaking any news with Trevor Zegers being very good among this group of players. The 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 most noteworthy moment for Zegers came actually on Sunday at right at the beginning of the Colorado game, and a scary moment at that took a slash in the back of the leg in the in that opening frame and was held out the rest of the game. Looked like he was in pain, laying on the ice. He had to be helped off. The team said that he was held out due to precautionary reasons and that he was quote unquote feeling fine. Um, so. It was, you know, in those in those moments where we didn't know what the status, you know, what the the nature of the injury was, it was there was a little bit of a kind of seeing your life your life flash behind before your eyes a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. I mean, that was the the potential worst case scenario of sending him to a tournament like this. You're sending him to a tournament where uh, it's a lot of guys that are either going to be going back to CHL. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys that are going to be in the AHL, maybe even some guys in the ECHL. And as it turns out, I believe it was Boucher on Colorado that ended up slashing him in the back of the leg. And uh, yep. he was an ECHLer last year. 
And so he's out there trying to play physical, make a name for himself. And, and essentially you have the best, he's on the ice with the best player, potentially in the tournament, definitely on the Ducks team and is trying to make it known that he's there and slashes him in the back of the leg. And it's a dirty play. I, like at the end of the day, it's a dirty play. It's no business being in the game, but that's what happens in these tournaments. And now you and I went back and forth a little bit on this during our watch along specifically. And I think it was a really good conversation about, well, is there a difference between this and a preseason game? Right. And, and so if there isn't, which I kind of originally didn't think, but I think as time went on, I do kind of agree with, then this could have happened no matter what, whether it was a regular game, whether it was a preseason game, uh, whether it was a rookie tournament or wherever it was. And, and so it's just things happen. And right. it's it's more so bad a bad situation because that same guy Boucher could be playing for Colorado in one of the preseason games there are those types of guys in those games that also could be doing looking to make a name for themselves and so from that perspective I don't know if you can necessarily look at this as being well shame on the Ducks for sending him to this tournament and this is what was definitely going to happen I think you are opening yourself up to that risk definitely Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day I don't think it's worth spending too much time on because luckily he's not hurt Right, and also, if this was a season where the Ducks had legitimate playoff aspirations and every game, every two points counts, I think that sending him to a tournament like this doesn't make a ton of sense because you want to you want to get the most you can out of him in the regular season and build him up for that. And if he gets hurt during something like this where there's there's nothing on the line, really, that's a huge blow. But the Ducks are not – that's not where they are. And so – Get him as much experience as you can. Let him grow with that group, with that group of prospects that, I mean, as Dallas Aikens was talking about when we were at camp a couple weeks ago, these are some of the guys that he'll, that they'll be playing with once they all make the NHL. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, yeah, I, I don't really, I can't look back on that and think this was a bad decision to bring him or anything like that. I think it's no. just, there's always a risk. Turns out hockey's a dangerous sport and, yeah. and, and anything can happen at any given time, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I think once it happened, the right decision was made to, yeah. to not put him back out there. I think a right decision was made to essentially uh, not put out any of the guys in today's game. After you have that, I, I, that I scare. feel like that was always the plan. I get a feeling. That, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I feel like the fact that Gru and McTavish and Drysdale didn't play. Well, Mc, it's, McTavish, hard, it's, hard believe, it's hard to believe it would be purely a reaction to what happened with Zegras. McTavish, I believe Eric Stevens reported in one of his articles that he was held out of yesterday's game for precautionary reasons. Okay. So, so yeah, I, I haven't read that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, don't quote me on that. I don't, I don't have for sure information on that, but mm-hmm. I, I think I saw that. and may have heard someone say that at some point. So, um, but I, I think at the end of the day, but but that's what they're officially calling it, regardless, right? Yeah. Even yeah, if, uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I think at the end of the day, though, for for the Ducks from this tournament, they saw everything they needed in that first game from those guys. And right. I think with today's game, it was about evaluating everyone else. Yeah, and I think it makes sense, right? Like those are the guys that you have. There, there's the least that you need to find out about them, right? They're the guys. There's there's just very little that you really need to know in a setting like this, but. When you go down the list of guys, that's when it turns out, okay, these are guys that we want to get more of a feel for, guys that we just drafted. Um, yep. So let's, let's go down the list here. Let's, let's talk about Jamie Drysdale. Um, so with Jamie Drysdale, it was another one of those things where I was a little surprised to see his name on the list of players, to be honest with you. I did not expect the Ducks to send him or Zegris to this tournament. 
like I said, though, like we were just saying, it's not a big deal. It's not something to to criticize. But he he didn't really stick out a ton during the games that he played in. Uh, he he played against Colorado, played against San Jose. He had some really great moments, though, like the, yeah. the moments where he did stand out, such as the assist late against Colorado. That was spectacular. And he had some moments where he was skating circles around guys and imposing himself with his feet. But I thought he was just kind of quiet, quietly effective. You know, I wouldn't didn't yeah. play poorly or anything like that. But I didn't feel this big need to have a takeaways on him because I, yeah. I know I know what to what to expect a little bit. That's kind of where I'm at also with him. But I think that kind of goes in line with his game. I mean, he can turn it on when he needs to and really skate and, and is very, very effective in the offensive zone. There were a couple times where he was just kind of had the puck on a stick and no one could get it off of him. And like you said, at the end of the Colorado game, he was really effective with uh, setting up some goals there for the Ducks. But um, I think what we saw from Jamie Drysdale was when he's the most effective is when he's quiet and you don't necessarily notice him that much because he's a very smooth skater and is very good with the puck on a stick. He's not going to make a highlight reel play in the defensive zone, though. And so he's, like you said, quietly effective. That's what you want to see from him in this tournament. You want to see him shutting down plays and not necessarily defending that much. And I think that we saw that for the most part. He had some times where he got caught in his own zone. But I I mean, part of me wonders how much of that is him, how much of that is his partner of Tyson Hines. Um, we did see in the, the third period of the Avalanche game, uh, we did see him paired with Olin Zellweger. And when those guys were on the ice together, it was just all offense all the time, which meant they weren't defending at all. Right. Yeah. And it, it was fantastic to see. And I believe Joel Bouchard even made mention of that in uh, his postgame quotes that Eric Stevens had, um, basically saying that they took it to another level when they got paired together. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, and those two are, have share very similar skill profiles in terms of their skating, their mobility, their ability to, to move the puck around the ice. So it makes a lot of sense. It did. It did kind of raise some questions for me, though, on Drysdale specifically. When J- Jamie Drysdale was first drafted, and we're going to try to speed through the rest of the guys. Don't worry. We, we we have some other guys to talk about, but there's something to discuss here. Some things to discuss that I at least came up in my mind as I was watching these games. But for Jamie Drysdale, when he was drafted, I did not expect him to to make the NHL right away. I didn't expect him to make the NHL even maybe in the first two years because. There is a there was a bit of a rawness in his game, despite the fact that he is such an excellent skater. And I do wonder for this season, for you, is he just a slam dunk lock to to start the season in the NHL, or is there a case to be made that maybe another stint in the AHL wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either? I don't think he's locked in, but I would say seventy five percent to being in the NHL. Yeah. But I I think there's a there is a strong case that could be made to have him start the season in the AHL, mm-hmm. um, specifically uh, top minutes, top power play minutes, all the things you want from him. Because at the end of the day, the Ducks probably aren't gonna um, play him in those in those roles. Whereas if you view him long term being your top end defenseman, it's probably a good idea to give him those types of games and those types of minutes at least for ten games, and then call him up and put him in those situations. Yeah. Um. So it, it's really. I'm curious to see what they do because I mean, on their right side, they have now they have him, they have Shattenkirk, they have Manson. Mm -hmm. And so do you foresee him playing over either of those guys in top minute shutdown minute roles to get experience? I don't necessarily see it. So I I think there's a case that could be made, but I think kind of with the impression that uh, he made last year on the ducks franchise, um, what he's done in this tournament, where he's at as a player, I think it's more likely than not that he starts the season with the Ducks, especially with the fact that it they didn't go out and get another right-hand shot defenseman. 
Right. So it's not as if they took got someone like a Yanni Hockenpah again to fill that role. So it seems as if they're trying to they're basically penciling him into that spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is it is interesting though because if you look at Jamie Drysdale's numbers last season, they weren't good. They were actually really really bad, and it just leaves the question open of hey, the Ducks have always they've made a point of of saying you know you need guys to develop. You don't want to rush people. You got to be careful with defensemen in particular. And if you look at Drysdale's numbers, he was terrible. You know, there's the whole thing of him being terrible next to Josh Manson. He was also bad next to, you know, close to bad next to everyone else, you know, just kind of mediocre numbers. Um, and so I just, I just wonder if maybe there is a danger there. I mean, who would you pair him with? Let, let's just do a quick little exercise of the potential D pairings for the Ducks. Mm-hmm. Do you put Lindholm and Manson back together? Um, I think Lindholm Shattenkirk is where I would go. Um, to start the season, and then Fowler-Manson, second pairing. Yeah, and our good friend John is saying, Brogran Rafferty shoots right. He's, <laughs> no, stop. John, I love you, but no. I, um, I think that those are the four, though, for your top four. I think it makes sense. And I think Jamie Drysdale really needs to be in a sheltered third-pairing role. I, I think that... With Jacob Larson, though? Well, yeah, then that means you're not sheltered anymore. But <laughs> Yeah, th- there's my point. But the point is that I just don't know... I'm just a little, I'm a little concerned that maybe they're fast tracking him and that there's just not enough evidence to support this decision. Now, of course, at the, at the age where he's at, he's in theory getting better every year. So he could make a jump and this could all be a totally a moot point, but I just, it's just something to monitor. It's just something to look out for because I think he has a ton of potential. I think that he has the skill to become a legit top pairing defenseman, but you also don't want to. You don't want to try to get too much too early. Like this is do the you, Ducks have be, the Ducks have to be thinking long game with him. Do you think there's potential where he just basically outperforms everyone? He be is the top pairing right hand shot defenseman for this team this year. Well, that's the <laughs> that's the other thing. That's the other kind of double edged sword here is that if he does that, means he's probably playing well. But if you look at maybe how Josh Manson played last season, right? That's not maybe not the stiffest of competition. Beating out Kevin Shattenkirk would be impressive. Um, I mean, so. they were they were having. I don't know. I just feel like the Ducks coaching staff doesn't love Shattenkirk. I know you and I both think that. Uh, well, he pe- was, penalties will drive coaches crazy. Yeah, so. I mean, I could see w- us getting a Lindholm Drysdale pairing. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be interesting. And yeah. I mean, at that point, it's the ultimate litmus test because we we talk so much about how. Dresdale is kind of the victim of circumstance, and I, I definitely think there's a case for that. But now you've got Hampus Lindholm, so you should do well next yeah. time. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think if you really want to see what you have in uh, in Jamie Drysdale, I think you you go ahead and do that. I think give, you see give him what... give him a real give him a real partner. Give him a partner where he can be on his natural side. So give him Cam Fowler or Hampus Lindholm, and just see where it yeah. goes. And and look, if like there's nothing wrong with starting him in the NHL to, you know, for the beginning of the season and then going from there and then adjusting. I just, I hope that they don't force it is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Um, yep. okay. Let's try to blow through the rest of this list. Yeah. Here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let, so, let's blitz through it. Mason McTavish. I mean, we only saw one game. He had a beautiful one timer power play goal against San Jose. And it was a, it was a pass from out wide from Trevor Zegras. He was along the blue line on the left side, basically right along the boards, and Zegers just zipped it across, but it's a lot of ground to cover. It's a lot of ice to cover, and McTavish kind of showed you the power of his shot there because 
when when the pass is coming out from that wide, that gives the goalie more time to get across and get set. And you need to have you need to put some extra power on that shot. And McTavish just just hammered it home. And that was a really nice play. And I thought just overall, he he met expectation, won his battles. Um, it is somewhat noteworthy that he only did play in one game, which as the as the Ducks commentary crew over the weekend did a, a I would say a poor job of hiding. Like maybe he'll make the team. Maybe he has it. And maybe that's why the Ducks didn't want to push him too hard yeah. in, in this tournament because they want to see what he can do in the main camp with yep. with the big boys. So Yeah, I mean, he looked good. He looked really good. I mean, how did this impact your view of him going into main camp? Um, it didn't really do much. It didn't really change anything. I think that he's he's got an NHL frame. I think that he has he has qualities like his his skating ability, which is kind of underrated. His game and transition is really good. Yeah, like I think he again, the Ducks have a crap ton of centers, so <laughs> it's hard for me to see how he makes it, but he I know that there's a lot of I guess push for him. And we're going to talk about another guy very I mean, if the Ducks ended up rolling out as their centers for opening night of mm-hmm. Zegris, Getzloff, McTavish, Lundestrom. Yeah. That is p- probably their best four centers, potentially. Well, I mean, we don't know how McTavish will look in the NHL. No, yet. but I'm, I that's mean, why Adam I said. Henry no, no, no. Well, I'm, I'm assuming Henrik's a winger at this point with the fact that they just don't want to play him at center and they're not in love with him. Um, yeah. So that that's where I'm at. At least I'm not considering Henrik in that mix. I'm thinking <laughs> Sam Steele. I'm thinking Derek Grant. Oh, yeah. Those guys. I, I think that that's the best four centers if, you can if have. If that's who McTavish Ambo has grew. to beat out, then I like his chances. Ambo grew also, but yeah. Well, this is this is where it gets interesting. So, yeah, Bo grew. I mean, he, again, also played in only one game. Did he play on Saturday or Sunday? He, he played on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, top, li- top line center after his egress went out. Yeah, so in that Colorado game, I actually wasn't as blown away by him. I, yeah. thought he looked, I thought he looked good against San Jose, but the Ducks also scored eight goals against a team that was not nearly the quality well, of Colorado. And the other issue with Colorado was they gave up a lot of shorthanded chances. Yeah. And shorthanded goals. Yeah, and I thought that Gru looked – he looked fine. I mean, he – He's got the attributes that everyone's been hyping up. He's got the skating. He's got the size. He can make plays. He's got a decent shot. He kind of has a little bit of everything where you could definitely picture him as a third line center in the NHL. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I just, I, I think it would be a good story if he kind of rises up and becomes a guy who makes the team. But I need to see more. I, I didn't see enough to where I'm like, okay, the hype is 1000% warranted. He has a direct line to making the team. Again, the competition isn't that stiff because, you, like you just mentioned, guys like yeah. Sam Steele and Derek Grant, it's, you know, Gru could definitely beat those guys out. But I guess I wasn't blown away. And maybe that's just because of how high it seems like people are setting expectations for him. Yeah. And I think outside, I, I don't think he did a whole lot to necessarily bolster his chances go, uh, to no. make the team out of camp. I don't think he hurt his chances either. No. But I, I think it was just a net neutral. And I think that that kind of is it, though, for the guys that we could potentially see on the Ducks this year. Do you agree with that? Or do you think there's a chance Axel Anderson maybe makes his way there? Uh, I mean, look, that that third pairing, that's something that we might get into a little bit later. But th- it's kind of wide open, the third pairing. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, is, is should Jacob Larson really be a lock? No, I mean <laughs> the answer is no. By the way, There's Josh Mahura, put Josh Mahura in that spot. Yeah. Put him with uh, put Mahura and Drysdale together. Yeah. So I have. Uh, let's see here. I have six more names that we can All speed right. through. L- let's blitz through them. And I think that you and I both agree. Just kind of setting this uh, or starting this off. I think none of these guys have a chance of making the roster no, out of I training camp. None of I these guys uh, do. 
but and, I think and that and that's fine. They all yeah. need they all need more development. Correct, and, and they will be better for it. Correct. Um, Olin Zellweger. I mean, he was the standout to me of this of this weekend of this three day yeah. or three game affair. He he was outstanding. He his skating is so impressive. He's so slippery. I'm I'm gonna try not to do this. This is the last time I'm, I'm ever doing it. I'm making a promise on the show. But he reminds me of Sam Gerrard. Like that's just I, that's what people were saying before, you know, leading up to the draft. That's what people were saying after. And I can't get You're it out of my head. Just going with it. You're just going with it. He's a great skater. He likes to do spinoramas. That's what Sam Gerard. He's does. fun. He's fun, and he's smart. He that that's the thing. He's not just a guy that's going out there and and you know doing, I guess, pretty things with this with the skating. It's he's actually a smart hockey player. He's able to recognize time, space, take advantage of situations offensively and he uses his feet well to to break up plays so i was i was kind of blown away by him to be honest and i think that i don't think he's going to make the team at all but i think that look he who knows how he's going to develop he, but, we, he, but like, i am shocked he showed why a lot of people had him uh going in the first I, round. Kn- I know he's smaller but between him and drysdale like i don't see this huge gap in terms well, of skill in terms, and, here's and, the other thing. and, and he, consider how you're about to say it but yeah he just turned 18. Yeah, he's extremely young. And I think the fact that he looks this good at this age, like he has a lot of room left to grow. Yeah. He, he could be he could be a problem I, for, I think for his he, opponent. I think he is very much going to benefit from a full season in the WHL. I think he should dominate that league. And it's going to be a fantastic season to watch him. I think if you're looking at a guy uh, that could potentially make the jump soon, I would not be shocked if next year he could be on the Ducks potentially if he has an outstanding season. Well, it also depends what happens with some of these free agents. <laughs> free agent No, defensemen. correct, correct. But yeah. there could be a spot for him on the Ducks roster next season. And, I mean, what do you do if you're the Ducks? And just the, I'm just throwing out there, what if he has one of the all-time great WHL seasons for a defenseman? How, I mean, do I, you not, how do you not look at him and say, well, he's too good for that league. We don't want to send him back there. The only other option is on the Ducks. Like that's the other option for him next season. If the Ducks keep their top four intact, and in 2022-23 they have a third pairing of Drysdale Zellweger, <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. That yeah. would be fun to watch. I mean, we still have yet to be proven wrong that Lindholm and Manson aren't going to be resigned. So <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> they could very well be back. Yeah. But if Lindholm, let's say, leaves, then that creates another opening. Well. This shows why I think letting those guys or moving yeah. on from those guys I, I, is important. Totally. And I think Zellweger maybe gives you more confidence that you can move on from Lindholm. Yeah, because Fowler's, Fowler's going to be a duck for a long time. I, yeah. I don't think his contract's necessarily movable. I, I don't think there's really anything you can do with it. And so you're going to have Fowler. If you think Maher is going to develop into something, then you only got one spot left. Yeah. So what yeah. do you do? Yeah, I mean, it was a good draft pick. It was yeah. a re- like that was my biggest takeaway from this weekend is just they did well. At, they at the nailed draft. their they nailed their last draft, and even guys that I weren't that I was not that high on, like uh, uh, Tyson Hines, like a uh, yeah, we'll like, get to uh, like a Sean Chigel, 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 Chigel. Chigel. Let, let's let's get through this. So Sasha Pastujov, my apologies to Sasha Pastujov for saying Pastujov this whole time, but that's how the Ducks broadcast was saying it. So and I think and, and that else, is also what elite prospects was saying. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's more of the. I'm putting more stock in that. All due respect. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, Sasha Pastajov. I mean, he had some really good moments, right? Some really nice goals against San Jose, hat trick against San Jose. You saw the skill. You saw the offensive flash. You saw what he can bring to that end of the ice. 
I think that you also saw why he maybe where people were down on him a little bit more. Like the skating is clearly not a strength. I think it's not the end of the world. He's not like a an awful skater by any means. So I think that that was overblown. But you can tell that it's not a strength. It's a little choppy, short strides. Um, doesn't get a ton of extension on his on each stride. So that's that's something he's going to have to work on that he will work on. But I was still I was still impressed that he he finds ways to make a difference that he gets to, to dangerous areas. And he's another guy who's probably going to, who could end up being really good for the Ducks as well. Yep. Could be a definite sale pick. I agree with you completely. I think he showed what he does well, which is score goals and also showed some of his flaws and some things he's going to need to work on. So real quick, Felix, we should probably, before we jump into the final bits of this list to, to jump in uh, to a bit of a word from our sponsors. So uh, this podcast is brought to you by, Green Chef. So Green Chef has a meal plan for every healthy lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, plant-powered, or even if you just want to have delicious but balanced dishes. Green Chef's expert chef, uh, expert chefs curate every recipe, and with over 30 meal choices every week and the flexibility to switch plans, you'll never have to sacrifice taste for nutrition. You can enjoy restaurant-quality dishes in the comfort of your own home. You can enjoy new and nutritious recipes each week that are perfect for you and the whole family. And with pre-portioned, easy-to-follow recipes delivered right to you, eating well has never been simpler. It's the first USDA-certified organic meal kit so you can enjoy hand-picked organic veggies and premium proteins. Felix, premium proteins. I know you're big on uh, having some high-quality protein, yeah. having uh, some organic uh, grass-fed beef, uh, yeah. and you don't have to worry about where it came from. So it's really important. Green Chef is absolutely fantastic. I think I mention this every time I- I've done this, but my wonderful wife has taken all the recipes that we get because when you get the the meals, you not only get all the ingredients, all pre-portioned, it's actually really, really nice. They send them to you all in these these preset bags with all the spices and everything like that, all the meats. It's really easy, really, really nice to see. And um, they also give you meal cards. And so if you're like her and uh, likes to keep things all nice and clean and, and neat, unlike me, uh, you can put them all in a binder. And so right here, I have our binder of meals. And so some of the ones that we've had are the Memphis-style beef meatballs, Felix. These things were absolutely amazing. Roasted sausages and creamy mash that came with creamy onion pan sauce, braised cabbage with apple and chives. Um, What are some of the other ones that were good? They were absolutely great. Pork sauce with mustard aioli. Peanut chicken with udon noodles. There's a lot of these that were absolutely amazing, and I can be somewhat of a picky eater at times. <laughs> Felix, you don't knows, say. Felix you don't knows say. this. Felix knows this. Um, I've liked every meal, absolutely every meal. Like, I mean, it, 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 it's so so good, and all of the meats, all of it's super super high quality, and. It's also easy to prepare. It's easy to cook. The directions are super simple to follow. And it's super easy to track. I mean, if you like tracking macros, things like that, easy to do with the, this uh, this meal kit. Uh, so uh, you can go to greenchef.com slash CTP100. That's like crash the pond, CTP, and then 100, like $100. And you use the code CTP100 to get 100% off, including free shipping 
Once again, that's greenchef.com slash CTP100 and use the code CTP100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Uh, Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Okay, let's finish out this list. So let's talk about Tyson Hines. This was a pick that I, at the time where the Ducks made this selection, I was not really, I guess, not fully understanding. You know, maybe I was leaning too much into my uh, my armchair draft expert. They, I think, traded up to get him. Um, they they traded next year's third for yeah. Montreal's third this year. Yeah, so they got him in the third round, and he is a guy who you can see how an NHL team would project him as an NHL player. He's got, I mean, he's got good size. He's six foot three. He's got a long reach as a defenseman. He's very mobile, moves around well, you know, didn't, didn't put up maybe elite offensive numbers, but also, I mean, when he got traded to Ramuski um, last season, he had 15 points in 23 games. So he's got a little bit of that to him as well. And I thought in this tournament, he just played a really sound game as a defenseman, shutting down plays, shutting down rushes, using his reach to his advantage, moving the puck up ice, making the simple play. So another possibly, you know, gem in the in the later rounds for the Ducks. And I don't know how much it'll translate. I mean, it, this is all just purely theoretical right now, but I I was I was pleasantly surprised by him. Yeah, I mean, the thing that stuck out to me was a lot of what I read about him was um it almost seemed like he was a big body defenseman that they were a fan of because of the physicality uh, yeah. that but, that he but had. He's, he's more than that. He's yeah. He's got it all. Yeah. And, and so that was, I think, what ended up being impressing me the most was he used not just his size. That's not what really stood out to me. What stood out to me was he used the the length that he has, mm-hmm. the his yeah. ability to 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 use his reach to break up plays. There was one play in particular. And now, granted, you don't want to read into one play too much over the course of a tournament, but um, where essentially Dryso got caught on the wrong side of a guy, and he was caught back defending a one on one, and was able to reach around him and use that long reach to be able to break up the play. Yeah. And it was really, really impressive. Something that really stuck out to me as being a really smart play and utilizing his size um, in a way that was very beneficial to him. Yep, and he skates well. That's that's yeah. another big thing for NHL defensemen nowadays. So, look, add his name to the list. The Ducks have this this little group now of defensemen that that's clearly the next wave with Ian Moore, Jackson Lacombe, Henry Thrun. Yeah, I mean... They've got guys, and I mean, they probably won't all pan out. That's just how these things work, but that's how you build up a system, right? And you, As, you can eventually move some of them also if you want to, and this is why we yeah. talk about... I mean, we were just talking about the the fact of what happens with Zellweger if he plays well. I mean, at some point in time, there needs to be a spot for Thrun. There needs to be a spot for Lacombe if they pan out. So this is all the, the long-term planning that has to come into, into perspective when you're looking at re-signing uh, a Josh Manson, looking at re-signing a Hampus Lindholm. If you go give those guys, let's just say both of them get six-year deals just just for uh, argu- argument's sake. <laughs> argument's sake. It, the Ducks then have those three guys locked up. They have a right-hand shot defenseman, two left-hand shot defensemen. Where does everyone else fill in? You then have Drysdale, so you have four defenseman spots locked in. So you only have two spots left for all of these guys coming up. And sure, it they're unknowns. You don't know what they're going to pan out to. Are they going to become NHLers? Are they going to be worth having that spot? Maybe, maybe not. But you won't even have a chance to really know because you're not going to have enough spots to give them a chance. And right. I think that's the biggest issue with giving Manson and Lindholm those extensions. 
Yeah, I mean, among other issues. Yeah, de- <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. But I, I think that really just highlights some of the issues there. Yeah, I, I agree. Now let's talk about Jacob Perot, who I maybe again victim of expectations. I, I view him. I rank him highly in this Ducks prospect group, and I thought he was kind of up and down in this tournament. It felt yeah. like it felt like he was really trying to show what he can do. He was really going for it, especially today against Arizona, man, there were some plays where he was just, he was that guy, you know, the guy who just kind of doesn't pass anyone and tries to do it all on his own. He had a couple of plays like that and that's fine. He has the skill to, to get away with it, mm-hmm. but maybe forcing the issue a little too much, especially today. Um, I think that he kind of sensed an opportunity with, with a bunch of guys out. Maybe I can be the one to be in the spotlight and, just that's not how the NHL works. You're going to have to take the easy play. You're going to have to just kind of keep the chains moving, essentially. And I thought maybe he tried to do a little too much. But we also saw on the flip side that shot. I mean, he mm-hmm. just he can rip it. He had yep. the tying goal against Colorado, and it was it was a beautiful shot. It was a great setup by Jamie Drysdale as well. And you saw some of the speed. I mean, I actually thought what was interesting is he had a few turnovers in the offensive zone, but he was able to get back and get in on the back check, break up plays, or just apply that back pressure. So there's definitely, I think there's an NHL player in there and potentially a really good one, but he's he's going to need more time. And I actually wonder where he's going to play this year now a little bit. Yeah, um, because, I, I, think it's the, I think it's the AHL. Okay. I mean, I, I think there's a case for the OHL as well. <laughs> I, yeah. I, think, I think he needs, it's tough because I think the things he struggles at right now are decision-making. I think that, the game mm-hmm. is either too quick for him or he's just trying to do too much or whatever. And so I don't know, going back to the OHL, does that actually really help that? Because he's going to have every opportunity. He's going to have the puck all the time. And maybe he's actually not going to be able to work through that. Or if he goes to the HL, is he just going to get lost even more? Like, it's kind of a tough one. Um, and this is this is kind of the weirdness of this COVID environment with there being no juniors last year is that everything is kind of thrown off. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's still got. I mean, the the elite offensive talent is there, and I'm not down on him on this after this tournament at all. But I was expecting maybe a little a little bit more just in terms of his overall game. Yeah, and I sorry, I want to jump in because Kempaf was saying if the game is too quick for him right now with the prospects, that's scary. That could be another Sam Steele. I don't think it was too yeah, fast. I, for him I, at I don't this mean level. to say. Too, yeah, I don't want him to say too quick. Yeah. I guess. I, I, yeah, that's probably the wrong way to say. It. I just mean that his decision-making seems to be a little behind. It's something that you could see as being an issue if he jumped to the NHL level right now. Right, exactly. Because because especially on the half wall, like this was where it was really noticeable because he was always in the half wall on the left circle on the power play. And he would often, you know, either turn it over or kind of make, not make the obvious pass and just seems to kind of be overthinking it. So maybe that's, that's and, a product of too much time, too much space. I don't know. By the way, John's chiming in saying the goals roster for forwards is very thin. So yeah. maybe that's the reason why he ends up on the goals. Because he, he'll get top minutes, top, and he'll top get, usage. He'll get Joel Bouchard, who in theory should be good for his yeah. development. So I it, I don't think there's a bad call either way. But it is, again, it's the, this weirdness. Now, yeah. moving on to Braden Tracy. So <laughs> the, Ducks, uh, the Ducks' second first-round pick in 2019 – and he was the pick that they got from the Brandon Montour trade. I uh, I don't know what to think of Braden Tracy anymore. I guess I do know. I don't know for sure if he's going to be how how high in the lineup he can play in the NHL. I, you don't think he's going to be an NHLer? 
I, I'm, just, I'm just outing you here. I I'm very skeptical of him being an NHLer at this point. I, I think that the the flaw with him is that he skates well. He he gets up and down the ice. He skates fast in straight lines, but he's just doesn't really bring a whole lot outside of that. He's not, you know, he'll apply some pressure on the back check. He'll he'll help your forecheck be functional, but he's not really making that many plays. He's yeah. He missed some golden opportunities, and look, that's yep. a bit of shooting percentage. So you don't want to. Harp on him too much for too that. Much, but yeah, but it was just one of those things where he was kind of messing up good opportunities. Where you know sometimes he had an opportunity to to take advantage of time and space, and instead he would rush his shot. Just different things like that. I just don't see this high level offensive kind of mind going on there. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I, I guess I'm just kind of mad on him right now. And then last name on the list, Sean Chagall. I mean, he's another guy who people were saying, "Hey, look out for him." later round pick in the 2021 draft. And it was what you would expect maybe for a guy taken in that, in that uh, range where he wasn't, you could see some of the flaws, right? The, the awareness, the defensive game, but he also showed some nice offensive moments and he has a good shot. I thought that he was making plays in the offensive zone. So I look, I mean, he, he might never make it, but that's, that's the kind of player that I think you should be targeting in those later rounds. So he was, he was fun to watch. If nothing yeah, else. yeah, he was, he, he, he definitely surprised me because he was someone that I was kind of just neutral on. I didn't really mm-hmm. have any, I just didn't have a strong opinion on at all. Mm-hmm. And, and so he yeah. impressed me. He was all over the place. I mean, both for good and bad. He had some bad turnovers on the power play that led to odd man chances against that, that Colorado cashed in, but he also had good looks going the other way. And so he could be something. He's someone to keep an eye on a little bit. Yeah. Fifth round pick. The, yeah. yeah. Like the, uh, if he turns into an NHL, that's a win. Yeah, I mean he had he had 21 points last season in WHL in 21 games. So yeah. let's I think this will be an interesting season for him in his draft mm-hmm. plus one. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's. Um, so anything else on on the rookie faceoff? Anything else that popped off the page for you? Not that I can think of. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we'll close out with this, and then we'll get to some questions. So if people want to start throwing them in in the Twitch chat now. Now might be the time. I don't know. I don't want to steal Jake's job here. I don't want to I mean, step on can, any toes. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. So throw them in. Just start throwing them in right now. But the Ducks announcing their training camp schedule this week. So that's, I mean, it's like you were saying off the top, it's going to be open to the public Thursday, um, 930 to 1 p.m. at It's all a great park ice, by the way, in Irvine. They've got practices that people can go watch. I mean, you could, if you have the, the day off or if you have time, you can just sit there and watch four free hours or close to four free hours of yep. of NHL players practicing. So that's, yep. that's pretty cool. And it's actually on two different rinks on rink three and five point. And then on Friday, same, th- same kind of schedule, 10 to one thirty. Saturday, you've got this, the inner squad scrimmage at 11 before that there's a practice at 10 and then Sunday there's the preseason game. So just a couple things that you're going to be watching for in this training camp. So just some, some themes, some narratives that you're going to be keeping an eye on. I, I've I, got one for you off the top. If you okay. want, Go for it. Just the centers. There's yep. just so many of them. What are they yep. going to do? Yep. I mean, I was going to say, how does Sam Steele look? Uh, yeah. We were, we were told from the organization that he's a center. Yeah. So if he's a center, where does he fit? Because I don't see a role for him. And, and so <laughs> I, I think that I think looking Push. at what I, I think looking at what pairings they're using on a deep pair. I think look, trying to figure out what lines they're going to be using. It, it's it's hard to fully feel what they're going to do. But at least from a deep pair perspective, we should be able to get some idea of what they're looking to do within training camp at some point. And so that to me is going to be the biggest takeaway. I mean, 
it seems as if no one's job is safe, so it should be a highly competitive training camp, and so that's yeah. going to be something to look out for and something. I mean, there's jobs on the line, and, yeah. and I and I think that from all perspectives, I think there's a very select few players on this Ducks roster who have a locked in roster spot. Like I, yeah. I really don't, I really don't think it's that much. I think there are plenty of players uh, that maybe would have been locked in in previous years, like maybe a Derek Grant per se. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, might not be as locked in as he has been previously. Right. And then, yeah, I think that the, the um, there's really, yeah, like you said, there's really not that many locks. I mean, the only guys that are locked in are guys like Contois, Zegris, Terry, you know, the veterans. But, I mean, look, Sonny Milano's healthy again. He's True. That, that's oh. actually something I hadn't even, I was like, I, I think someone put together a roster uh, and Sonny Milano wasn't on it. And I was thinking, I'm like, you no, know, he's skating. Yeah. Like if he's healthy, Sonny Milano being on this roster, he can help things. this team. Yeah. Like, it, like I was thinking about that. If you put Sonny Milano with uh Getzloff and Terry. Yeah. Like if, if that's where this ends up going, if Getzloff and Terry are, are together, like that's the shooter for them. You yeah. Put, you put Raquel with Zegris and Comtois. Right. And, well, and and like it, it's just a completely different look. Yeah, and also with Milano, I mean, he's 25. He's an RFA after this year. He's also a guy where you could, you know, try to maybe pump up his value and flip him mm-hmm. at the deadline. I mean, I don't know where he really figures in their plans moving forward, but he's a guy that you could still get some value out of, even if it's the trade. Um, so, and then yeah, the blue line is is totally wide open to me. We there's not a set pairing group that i can really see right now um so that's going to be something to watch and then i guess one little sub theme during the preseason games especially is the power play i mean we, we're going to find out really early like what's what's yeah. new what's the difference like what's the magic touch that all these outsiders are well, going to bring yeah and and speaking of the dif- uh kind of new coaches seeing what what uh stuthers does with the defense yeah, and and see where like where does that go? Because we don't know what he view how he views the defense pairs, uh, and where that goes. So that's something else to keep yeah. an eye on. I think that that's what's fun about this camp is that you know that the guys that are pulling, you know, much much, much of the guys that are pulling the strings now weren't around the last couple of years, and so yeah. you can't just pencil in different combinations. And and we'll see. Are they going to go and lean into what they've what they've done in the past, or are we going to see something totally new? Um. And I guess I wonder where Derek Grant fits in all this. Again, yeah. like we, we talked about all the centers. Are the coaches just going to fall in love with him from day one? And he's just going to be, you know, the, the, the third line matchup center again. We'll see. But yeah, keep an eye. It's going to be fun. It's going to be yeah. fun to have hockey in our lives again. Yep. So time for some questions. Yeah, I think we had a Twitter question earlier. We did. So I'll, I will get to that. But so for those of you in the watching this on YouTube or uh, yes, we're on YouTube. You can find us at youtube.com slash crash the pond. Um, and please like subscribe videos on there. It really helps out a lot. We're starting to get more viewership on there, building up more comments on there. It helps out a lot. And so, or on your favorite podcast services, uh, want to direct you all to our Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash crash pond, where we do a live stream of the show each and every time you can catch us live, interact with us live. It's a really fun and good time. Um, and you can help support the show. If you have Amazon prime, you get one free Twitch prime sub each and every month. You do have to hit that subscribe button after 30 days. And with that, you get special emotes in the chat, special back 
badges next to your name. Um, and you can be just like Hey Yo Deflow, resub for 11 months. Aussie 85, resub for 7 months. Science Cat 108, our good friend Jess, resubbed for 12 months. Thanks. Uh, Jack Dat Dog res- or had subscribe has subscribed for the first time. And Science Cat, our good friend Jess, uh, gifted out 5 subs to people. And that guy, Bobski, resubbed for 10 months. So thank you so much, Jess. I also want to make mention... She's currently, I guess, watching this at a bar with our good, uh, also our beer league teammates, uh, Bello, Brian, and Pete. So oh, hello! Well, shout out to everybody. Yeah, yeah. miss you guys. <laughs> yeah, see you guys in a couple. It's been, in, it's in been a, a long time. It's been a long time since we won our last game. You know, <laughs> hey, we're on a streak. We went out on top. You know, two in a row. Two, two in, in a row. row. It counts. All right, so here's the Twitter question for you. A uh, question for the bod from Sean Seabolt said, would you rather see Zegras play with Comtois to build chemistry or play with Raquel to boost Raquel's potential trade value? So I think that's an interesting question because I feel like, so for Zegris, you know, it, it could go either way, right? If you have Raquel on a lower line, then maybe that helps, you know, kind of keep him away from certain matchups with Contois. You can also move him around. So I feel like it doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other. I feel like you can still accomplish both. You could have, you know, you could have Raquel on that line. You could keep Contois on that line as well. I mean, you could have Contois, Zegris, uh, Raquel, like there's nothing against that, right? So I, I don't know. I feel like that it's something to think about, but I, I feel like you can have it both ways. Yeah, I think that. I mean, the way what you could do is what I was thinking. But mm-hmm. both of them, put, yeah. put both of them with with Seagrass. Yeah, Coltois and Raquel. Like, what's what's wrong with that? I mean, it's going to be interesting because we don't we don't totally know yet what Zegris is like as a five on five play driver at the NHL level. So. You know, how is that going to look? It's going to be interesting. I mean, we're putting a lot of eggs in the Zegers basket, but that's that's what this season is about, really. It's how how good can Trevor Zegers be this year? Yeah, exactly. Um, And let's see. There was a... Uh, so, NJ Devils fan says, uh, who should be the NHL slash AHL guy this year? So, I think he means the guy that kind of goes up and down between uh, the goals and the ducks this year. Big Boomin? You think Cody Coran's that guy again? Well, I guess <laughs> well, it can't be again. He he would he, he, he was taxi squad yeah. last year. I mean, maybe they give Axel Anderson a look. Maybe. Uh yeah, Josh Mahura at some point probably needs to to get to get some more reps in the NHL. So maybe Bo Grew is that guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of his destiny, honestly, this season. Um yeah, those th- those would be the, the names in the mix for me. I mean are we talking like it does it have to be a veteran player? Or does it have to be a, a prospect? Because it just who's going to be the guy that shuttled between the the goals and the ducks this year? Yeah, I could see Gru going up and down. Yeah, yeah, yep, agreed. Uh, Felon, this is an interesting question. Do you think we see any NCAA players sign entry level deals when their seasons are done? Uh, Blake McLaughlin uh, is a senior this season. So Blake McLaughlin at the University of Minnesota put up 28 points in 31 games last year. Mm-hmm. So he's an interesting name to look out for. I mean, I don't think he's necessarily a guy that you can... He's going to push for a roster spot? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> uh, almost a point per game in the in NCAA is, is not something to scoff at necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I would assume he's a guy that they hope to get Henry, signed. Henry Thrun? Henry Thrun is going to be going into, what, his sophomore year technically of college because last year yeah. he didn't play in college. So, yeah. I mean, may- maybe those guys, maybe Henry Thrun, maybe a Sam Colangelo uh, who's going into his sophomore year mm-hmm. is maybe going to be looking to get signed also. you also, you, I mean, the, the big college guys for the Ducks now are Lacombe, Colangelo, Thrun. McLaughlin's pretty Janicki. good. 
<laughs> I mean, Janicki put up 10 points in 29 games last year. I, I don't necessarily know. I mean, he may have a great season for Notre Dame, but he may be a guy that just goes back for a senior well, so year. So Lacombe is going to his third year. Lacombe's so. going into his third year. So, I mean, this is this is the year where if the Ducks are serious about Lacombe, uh-huh. he will get signed after this year because if he doesn't, he's basically a free agent. Yeah, you've had a good track record on predicting these things. Yeah, I don't see Lacombe as a guy that necessarily you sign and burn a year like they did with Terry. No. He's not as high profile as Terry was at that point in time. I think people you may also forget. Probably don't, you probably don't want him to go that path well, either. I, people may forget the year that, like, the reason why I predicted that with Terry was he was he was on the Olympic team. Like, he was a very, like. Well, okay. No, 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 the, the, no, no, I know, I know, but that goes to show you where kind of with guys outside of the NHL, where his stock was yeah, and, and where he was viewed at. And he had just had a great world juniors. He had a great college season and basically admitted, basically said he went back to college for his, uh, his, uh, junior season with the intent of playing in, uh, the Olympics. That was yeah. the reason why he did that. And, and so, uh, I don't necessarily see Lacombe in that same uh, situation. No. Um, so I could see him getting signed after the season, though, and going to the goals on an ATO at the end of the year and then being signed in the offseason. Um, McLaughlin, I think they maybe push the sign, but he is a senior, so he has the ability when his year's done to be able to sign yeah. wherever he wants. And Thrun so. did a year at Harvard and then – the ushl because of covid so because harvard didn't play last year correct yeah so i don't know maybe he wants to do is he is he slated to play in college this year yeah what's what's his status he's currently listed with harvard yeah because dubuque is considered uh ushl is still amateur status yeah so maybe i don't know i i I think you could see i could see thrun and lacombe both signing after this season because they're both the same age same draft i could see them both signing I could see Sam Colangelo also signing. Yeah, he's a, he's younger though, so he is. But yeah. going into his sophomore year, if he has a, a solid season, I could see him signing and going to the AHL. Keep in mind, all of these guys are eligible to play in the AHL, even if they're younger than twenty. Yeah, so we'll the, see. Yeah, but so those are the names. Those are the names. Yeah, exactly. I feel uh, like that was our most niche Ducks convo right there. Sure, but it's a good one. <laughs> it is good. Yeah, it's good to think about. Uh, just a rush guy says, how many games do the Ducks win this season? Okay. Let's see. What is the over-under, do you think? Uh, 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 let's just do points. Over-under okay, points. Point. NHL yeah, I, well, points. He, asked, he, he asked said for, wins. He asked for wins, though. You're, you're already altering. NHL over-under. Uh, that's, wait, are we in 21? Yeah, we're in 21-22. Um, the Anaheim Ducks over under 70 and a half points. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like the Pacific, it's the Pacific that would give me confidence on the over there. 70 and a half is very low. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So like, like the, the, the division is bad enough to where like other teams ahead of them could have a, you know, a step back. And then they only need a few things to go right to beat that. Like we don't think John Gibson's going to be, you know, sub, you know, below expectation again. Probably not. I don't think. Um, At some point, you know, Trevor Zegers is going to hit his stride. 
So I could see them, I could see them beating that. There's yep. also a case that they don't, but yep. But below seventy would be really low. <laughs> yep. Um, NJ Devils fan, always good for for a wrestling question. Said, "Who should AEW go after and sign?" I'm gonna make this nice and easy. Uh, with them announcing today that they have officially funded with the Owen Hart Foundation, are gonna have an Owen Hart tournament. It's gonna be Kevin Owens when his contract is up. Uh, in January, signing with them, going back to Kevin Steen, and he will be the inaugural inaugural winner, seeing as he chose, I believe, the name Kevin Owens as an honor of Owen Hart. So, big Owen Hart fan, he's going to be the inaugural winner. You're going to have the Mount Rushmore of wrestling reunited in AEW. Yeah. I don't know what any of that meant. Let's uh, and, let's and NJ Devils fan has another question saying, thoughts on the Danbury Thrasher's doc? I heard about this. I haven't watched it. I don't. I have no idea. Do you know? I, I don't care. It's a I'm random sorry. hockey team. I don't know. Okay. Uh, we'll watch it at some point, maybe. <laughs> Probably a Patreon topic. Okay. Um, B1 Somdi said, gut feeling, which veteran does McTavish live with when he gets told he's staying there <laughs> the season in a month? <laughs> I, I feel like Manson is the guy for, for, the, for the kids. Every, every young player brings up Manson. Yeah, so. but does, Manson now has a kid. Are they going to want to stay with Manson? Is that where they're going to go? Have another have another kid living with you. I guess. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Just a Rush guy saying, what do you think the, the home, average home attendance will be this year? Ooh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, assuming that everything holds with yes. what's going on right now, which I think it will. Yeah, um, I think we're, be, Finger, I think we're Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. I think we're past that. Um well, what was it before? What was it in 2019-20? Uh, Ducks attendance. We're really going deep here on these questions. I mean, this is what happens when we've, we've spent an hour talking about... Uh, Prospects. R- yeah. Let's see. Uh, 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 okay, uh, so the Ducks were... I almost have it. They were at 15,846. Are they going to have above that? I'm going to go, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say 16,000. Yeah. I feel like there has to be some the, like people are happy. Correction. Yeah. People are happy to go to games again. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's take the over on that. Oh, by the way, just a rush guy. Let's he's asking over under, he's saying, well, he's saying 30 wins. So let's do over under 30 wins for the ducks. Well, 30 times two is 60. I'm going to say and, over. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let's go with over. <laughs> yeah. Um, Raquel's goatee said, do you think the Ducks are still in on Eichel or is it not possible with what the Ducks are not willing to give up? I think, I think they're still in on him. I think they're still, you know, they're, they're hanging around. I don't know what, how good their chances are, but I think they're hanging around. Yeah. Seeing, seeing what's going to happen. Yep. Agreed. I think there's interest, but yeah. So uh, by the way, okay, I guess it was, it was a COVID short. Never mind. I was going to say 29 wins in the, in 2019-20 for the Ducks. So. Yeah, which yeah. makes me feel more confident they're going to go over 30, yeah. actually. Um, Lewis said, uh, I think I know your answers, but what are your thoughts on the white Kachina jersey? Uh, I was just going to say 18-19 Ducks at 35 wins, and that was the Carlisle, just yeah. Armageddon. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the white Kachinas, I mean, they're fine. They're 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 cool, I guess. I don't really have um, – I don't know. I I didn't mind the, the Coyotes' previous look. I guess that that's um, maybe not a popular take, but I definitely think that the white Kachina is better than the black one. It, it, the logo pops more. 
Yeah, that's fair. They're both very good. They're both very good. They are some of the best jerseys in the leagues. In the league, I think. I'm very excited that I am actually going to be going to a game in Philadelphia and see the white the Flyers yeah. play the Coyotes. So I get to see the white Kachina jerseys in person. They're yeah, the white Kachina. At least you're getting the the better version of the two. Yeah, exactly. That's gonna be a solid jersey matchup. The Flyers home jersey versus the white Kachina. I will say though that these jerseys make me. Like if I'm, it's just a random night and the ducks or Canadians aren't on, or it's after one of those games is over. You're more likely to watch them now. And uh, I'm on, I guess ESPN plus now, what would have been NHL TV. It's going to be great. I'm more likely to watch their game now because of these jerseys. Yeah. How, uh, how nice is it that it's all ESPN plus now? Like that is actually for me as someone who already had ESPN plus, it it helps consolidate. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it makes life so much better. Um, let's see a question from Bonnie. Does Mahura spend more time at, with the ducks than the goals this year, or does he get traded? Here's the issue with Josh Mahura. He's not waiver exempt anymore. Yeah. Which is going to make this go one way or the other, where he's just not going to get time in the NHL or he's going to manage to carve out a spot or he's not going to be able to, uh, go to, or he's going to be, uh, claimed on waivers is the other yeah. option. Yeah, that that's the third the third door. Yeah, um, I think I think this year he. I mean, the bet would be that he spends more time in the AHL and just judging by his contract structure, the plan seems to be next year he he makes the jump. I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe they try to slide him through waivers. You'd, uh, you'd think when, when everyone able, else gets slid through. You'd think he'd be able to outshine Jacob Larson. You hope. I I really hope, if nothing else, that the Ducks the the new guys that come in among the coaching staff, tell Dallas Sakins, hey, this Larson guy, he he ain't it. There you go. There, there's your hope for Stuthers. Mm-hmm. All right, let, let's hit two more questions. Which prospects from the other teams impressed you the most? I'm leaving this to you. You were able to watch more of the tournament than I was. Which prospects impressed me the most? From the other teams. <laughs> uh, I can't say that I really honed in on the other teams that much. I mean, Agreed. look, the, the guys in Colorado, Newhook, I thought that uh, Jean-Luc Foudy, Actually, there's your name. Foodie on Colorado. I mean, yeah. the whole talk of him going to the draft was the skating. And, man, he can move. He can make things happen. He's so slippery out there. So he's probably the one that impressed me the most. William Eklund looked fine for the Sharks. I wasn't really blown away by him, though. I mean, he's kind of on an island on that. Uh, he was on an island on that squad because there's just no other talent, really. And he was playing the Ducks. Um, so, yeah. And then for Arizona today, I mean, Dylan Gunther... I mean, he's got a good shot, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really blown away by him. So I guess the one guy that popped off the page for me was Foodie, just because I didn't really see that coming. Yep. Um, and let's end with this. This is uh, Ken Pafu asking, are we going to be able to watch the Ducks games on ESPN Plus? So I guess this is a good time as any, because I don't think we've really talked about how they're going to uh, broadcast games this year. And I think it's probably good, a good, like, brief information dump for everyone out there uh so that they know this season so basically the way that it's working is primary broadcast will be valley sports west yet again uh for anyone in the southern california area that is where you will watch all but 11 of the ducks games i believe maybe there's some on my 13 but if you are out of market you can watch every ducks game on espn plus it is essentially replacing NHL TV. So if you had NHL t- had to use NHL TV prior, you will now be going to ESPN Plus to watch all your games uh, for the Ducks. There will be 11 games, though, that will be broadcast uh, nationally. 
And so whether those will either be on ESPN Plus, because there will be exclusive games to ESPN Plus where no local broadcast is occurring, or on ESPN or on TNT. So I believe it's seven of the Ducks national games will be on ESPN Plus slash Hulu. Then there will be one game on main ESPN and three games on TNT. And so that's the national broadcast for the Ducks. That Those are the 11 games that will not be on Bally Sports West or My13 or whatever secondary broadcast partner they use this season. Um, so, yeah, so that that's kind of the, the plan for uh, the uh, broadcast this year and what you can all look forward to. I'm excited to be able to watch games on ESPN and TNT and see what they can do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting, right? Paul Bissonnette is in their studio. Mm-hmm which uh, I feel like it's that's that was, he was that was that TNT, was, right? Yeah. Yeah. For TNT. Yeah. The TNT crew is kind of all over the place. Yeah. I really just want to know how Rick Tockett got in there. Oh, Fr- friend of Wayne Gretzky. I mean, that is, that was the first <laughs> thing that came to my mind. I was like, yeah. there's, there's no way that there's any other explanation, but that, I mean, Hey, look, if you, if, if Wayne Gretzky is your friend, like you got to lean into that, right? Like you got to use that poll. So I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah. It's yours, Rick Tockett. Yep. So, Anything else? Uh, no. I mean, it's going to do it. I, I'm, I'm getting that feeling again, that training yeah. camp feeling. And yeah. I actually don't think I had it until maybe this very moment. Maybe this very moment. It's the back-to-school feeling. It's the back-to-school feeling. It will surely wear off in about two weeks when the Ducks are... When Jacob Larson's <laughs> on the ice if, yeah. uh, with a lead for the Ducks with the other team's goalie pill- pulled and Nathan McKinnon's out there against them. Are, are you Are you ready to be hurt again, Jake? I'm always ready to be hurt, Felix. <laughs> always ready. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's fun. It's uh, I feel like this is the season where we hit our stride. This is yeah. the one. Big season. Big season big, ahead. Big season, right? <laughs> big there's, big game? There's a, there's a running joke in our beer league team that I say big game before I, every game. I, I, I don't know if joke's the right word as much as it is you just say it before every game. Yeah, I just say big game because you know what? It is a big game, and it's a big season for the pod I'm excited to have everybody on board. If you're new, if you've been around, if you're a veteran, everyone's aboard. We're, we're going full speed. We're attacking this thing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll all, we'll all crash the pond together. Yes, exactly. I actually was explaining to someone that the, the name origin over the weekend yeah, of crash a, the pond. It's a good term. You came up with it. To I your did. Credit, to your In credit. my dad's car, leaving the Honda center. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what, what made that just pop into your head. We'll never know. I legitimately don't know. Don't remember. The apple falling on your head. Yeah, moment. exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, as we wrap this thing up, I'm going to give you a few ways here, folks, to support our show. If you enjoyed what we did here today, the number one way to support us is at patreon.com slash crash the pond. So there's three tiers of pledges. So for a dollar a month, you get access to our patrons only discord chat, which is a lot of fun. I've been really back in the mix, I like to think, the last couple weeks. And we've got a lot of great chat in there. When there's breaking news, when there's games, we'll, we'll be in there discussing the game, discussing if, if a trade comes down the pipe. It's a really fun community. Just for a dollar, honestly, it's worth it <laughs> if you're a diehard Ducks fan. Now, for $5 a month, you get access to that. You also get access to two bonus podcasts a month. So we'll do a deeper dive into a specific Ducks topic or we'll do a league-wide ranking. You know, we'll rank you know positions. We'll pick our awards. So we kind of go a little bit more wider scope there, but it's it's a little more unfiltered. So if you if you enjoy maybe the 
the back and forth, the banter of this show. I think you'll really enjoy those episodes. And then for $15 a month, you get access to everything I just described, but you also get access to two watch-alongs a month. So that's where we do a live feed of us basically commentating as the Ducks game is happening. So we'll usually have the score and the time in the corner. Jake gets that up so that you can watch along with us. And so it gives you a bit of an alternative, right? Uh, everyone knows what the traditional commentary team can bring to the table. We bring a bit, a bit of a different look, give you more stats, give you more matchup, heavy analysis, just try to give you a different look and also and, maybe maybe a little BSing as well. Oh, the intermissions they're, are complete BS. Yes. The, the, intermissions can, can the, inter- the intermissions are just, uh, it, it can be anything. It can be anything. It can be whatever your heart desires. Yep, yep. And then, so that's all at patreon.com slash crash We also hit 100 patrons. I think we were supposed to, to do something for that. I don't know. I don't remember. I think you we, said we, this we, had, we hit 100 a while ago. Okay, well. And we'll it's figure, gone up and down. We'll figure something out. Um, at some point, we'll hopefully be start doing events again. That, that's yeah. my favorite part of the Patreon. Yeah. And if you're a patron, you get you get to hang out. Yeah. The we'll, yearly we'll, games. We'll, we'll probably do something like we did. God, it was a couple seasons ago where we did a watch party at uh, at a bar. And so we'll probably do that same type of thing again. Uh this time with a lot more people. Our Patreon has grown a lot since then. Yeah, Max. yeah, we might we might shut the bar down. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's all. Patreon.com slash Crash the Pond. A few other we ways can, to... we can commentate over the game for Bonnie. It is a word. I just want to say that one more time. Commentate is a word. Um, and then outside of that, look, if you don't want to uh, pledge any money monthly, that's totally understandable. Um, there's still some great ways to support us. Um, if you go to Apple Podcasts and you search Crash the Pond, you can leave us a quick five-star rating and leave us a review, and we'll read those on the show. Um, those go a long way to help the show grow, climb up those charts, and just get to more Ducks fans and maybe even some more hockey fans just in general. Um, you can also find us on Spotify. We're on YouTube, youtube.com slash crash the pond. You actually get the video version of the show where you get the Twitch feed so you can see the charts when we put them up in there. Um, you get to see Salem the black cat, Jake's cat. She made an appearance today. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to spruce up my background. Who knows? Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. I don't know. Don't, are, don't are, you, wait, are you are you gonna buy a Hawaiian shirt to match me one day? I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking maybe oh. like a, a green screen. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Go go big or go home, right? That that that's what I that's what I've been told. Um, so yeah, that's all on youtubecom slash crash the pond. Subscribe there, turn on your notifications. We're also we also have a website, crashthepond.com. Articles up on the ducks there throughout the season. Um, that's where we post the episodes as well. And outside of that, find us on Twitter at crash the pond. Jake is on there at reindeer games ninety one, and I'm on there at Felix underscore Sicard. So I think that's all. I think I hit everything. Um, Thanks everybody for listening. Enjoy the week. If you're a Ducks fan, enjoy the enjoy this back to school good feeling. Enjoy training camp. Maybe I'll try to get out there Saturday. Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter if you're out there. Um, and we will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye.